What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Go to DraftKings.com. Hey, you could bet on the NBA season right now, opening night. If you're a Bulls fan or a fan of any team in the NBA, you could bet on it at DraftKings. Of course, the WNBA Finals taking place as well with the Mercury and the Sky, Major League Baseball playoffs, and so much more. Check it out, DraftKings. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook, a sponsor of the Another Hood Podcast and Manscaped, manscaped.com. 20% off. Use the promo code HOOD. Hey, guys, you know you need some grooming down there. You know. You know what's happening down there in your shorts. You need to have some grooming. You need to be better. Be better. Manscaped.com, 20% off. Use the promo code HOOD. It's a good gift for you or for someone that you know. Guys, do this. Manscaped.com, promo code HOOD. Chris Black and I will review the Eastern Conference and the Chicago Bulls. If you missed the Western Conference podcast, go and check that out. And don't forget, you can find this podcast on Spotify as well. Spotify, you can catch every episode of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast as we lead you through the NBA and college basketball season. You love basketball? You come to the right place. Let's talk Bulls. Let's talk Eastern Conference with Chris Black, my buddy, from the Black and Abdallah Show from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And there he is, everybody, Chris Black. Hello, Jonathan. Just taking a sip of coffee and enjoying my morning after listening to Cap and Jay Hood. Weekday morning, 7 to 10, right here on ESPN 1000. It's funny, I was having some Jack and Coke listening to Black and Abdallah 6 to 8 on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Oh, that's that's what goes well with the nonsense that we have in <laughs> We're here to talk about the Eastern Conference. Let's start with the Chicago Bulls, my friend. So, you know, this is kind of um, an adjustment for both of us and for Bulls fans as well to see the Bulls be competent, looking to get new players, new flavor. And yeah, my whole takeaway from the Bulls is, we're trying to get out of the damn lottery, and this is why we're going to go all in, try to add some free agents here that can keep us out of the lottery. What's your overall take on what the Bulls have done here in the offseason? Yeah, it's time to win basketball games. You nailed it. Um, it it's not only top-level uh, star guys who are joining this team. It's also adding some depth with veterans who can just give you minutes and to contribute, right? Derek Jones Jr., who's only 24, but he's played on some good teams. He's athletic. He can play defense. He also can fly through the air uh, offensively. And Alex Caruso, I think, is someone that Bulls fans are going to fall in love with. He plays fantastic on-ball defense. He's going to assist with Lonzo Ball in the backcourt to help Zach Levine not have to carry such a burden defensively and really not not only play a good defensive style of basketball, but he can also pass the basketball. And I, I think that's where we see a, a mix of players who have been drafted, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and the, the uh, Zach Levine, uh, who wasn't drafted by the Bulls but acquired at a very young age, mixed in with the players who have been acquired in the last six to eight months, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Derek Jones. This team has a really intriguing mix of players that can play a, a deep game where where guys can come off the bench, contribute offensively, keep the defensive level high, 
And I think this team's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't think uh, you and I are overhyping this. No. When you say that uh, winning basketball games is going to be on the agenda, and it's not just being the eighth seed in the East either. I, I think this is a team that has enough talent that they could be in competition for the fifth, maybe the sixth seed in the East and be on that second tier. I'm looking at Atlanta. I'm looking at New York. Those are the teams that are right behind Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, Miami. Those are the teams that the Bulls should be in the mix with. They should be on par with Boston, New York, Atlanta. And it's fun. And it's going to be a great season. And, and people are going to care from game to game. Uh, you and I have been caring from game to game for the last five years. Yeah. But it feels like the rest of the city has kind of tuned out Bulls basketball. Well, it's time to tune back in. It's it's go time. I do. I think so, too. Um, I think from Billy Donovan's standpoint, he looked at this roster that he took over from Jim Boylan and says, man, I got to teach the game. I, I, I came here to coach. I didn't hear here to, you know, 100% teach. I want to make sure that the, these guys are winning players. And so that's why you had the roster overhaul that we saw in the, at the trade deadline. And you see what they've done here with Mark Eversley and Carter Shelvis. I think they've done a really good job of being able to get some veterans in here around Zach Levine. This will only make Levine better and also take the pressure off. I agree with the Alex Caruso thought. LeBron's going to miss Alex Caruso. And I know that sounds funny, but there's a guy here. I, I called his games when he's at the South Bay Lakers, the G League team, when they took on the Windy City Bulls. And I said, I didn't think much of him. I was like, here's a guy here with a headband. But he was scrappy even seeing him in the G League. And yeah. so he earned his spot to be in the NBA. I think that he'll be that scrappy player for them. My only concern, Chris, is I think that the Bulls are a little small. And I think that, that being without Patrick Williams, at least early on, I think that it's a little bit of a step down. Even though Williams is 19, 20 years of age, they're looking for him to take a huge step. I don't know if he's ready for that this so far. I guess my point is, though, is that there's going to be a, a, a big step for the Bulls. Not a huge step, but a big enough step for him to get to the playoffs. But I think size-wise, a little bit small in the interior. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think what is going to have to happen there is you're going to have to look at the guards to then help out down low defensively. I, I think the one thing, you know, you could also suggest is that maybe a little small, but then if it's the guards who are rebounding well, DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball, if they're if they're chipping back, getting rebounds and then getting out on the break, you know, maybe you can alleviate some of the issues being small because, you know, most teams are pretty small on the the interior as well. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where if Vucevic can be the type of player that gives you 14, 16 points a game, uh, 10, 12 rebounds, but also stay on the court, that's going to be a huge deal for the Bulls. Like, I think the one thing that you always have to keep in mind is a guy like that, if he gets into foul trouble, now now what you just mentioned in being small really comes into play. But if Vucevic can be out there and, and allow the other guards to kind of do what they need to, this team really has a lot of intriguing pieces that kind of make a lot of sense. And, and you nailed it with Caruso. That dude's a grinder. And he's willing to do the things that are, that are necessary to win basketball games. And I think this, what, what all of this talks about, and I think it all funnels back to the same idea. I think all of this makes Zach Levine's job easier, which then in turn will make him a better player because he has to do less. And, and I think if his usage rate is lower, 
You and I have talked about this for years, and I've gotten a lot of crap on Twitter about it because people think I hate Zach Levine. I don't hate Zach Levine. He's just not James Harden, Mm -hmm. okay? So if he has to do less, I think he will be a much better player, and we will see him really take off because he's going to score at ease. He's going to play a little bit more defense. We're going to see the highlight fast break dunks, the alley-oops from Lonzo Ball. I really think Zach and the Bulls, I think this team's going to be a story that people are going to talk about throughout the season because all of these decisions that were made by AK and Eversley have funneled back to how do we get our best player to be as best. And I think that's what a lot of these role guys and a lot of these offensive players really do is they they enhance what Zach Levine does. All right, Chris, let's take a look at the, some of the teams the Bulls have to try to beat in the Eastern Conference. So when people ask me, it's like, do you think the Nets can win the championship? I go, I don't know. And, and the reason why I know I don't know doesn't work in radio in this hot take society. But, like, I don't know what to expect from the Nets if, I, if Kyrie Irving doesn't play. Like, I know what KD could do. I know what James Harden could do. But without Kyrie, I'm not sure who they are. Maybe they can win the East without him. But the point is, though, is that everything's up in the air until we know what Kyrie's going to do for me. Yeah, you need all three. And we saw that last year in the conference semis against uh, Milwaukee. They went to seven games. And they were in that contest until the fourth quarter. Durant just didn't have enough at the end. I I, I agree with you. If First of all, I mean... What's your take on Kyrie? I, I heard you and Cap talking about it on the show yeah. on Thursday morning. Uh, I think, you know, I, I talked about it Wednesday night. You know, Kyrie has a, um, he's just the dude who wants to tell you everything he read online because he thinks that he is like enlightened. Yeah. And whatever is uh, in front of him where he's consuming this information, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Fox News, Wherever he's getting this information, where he thinks that him not getting vaccinated will help those who are choosing not to get vaccinated, therefore they're losing their jobs, is the most – it's crazy because if people would just get vaccinated, the pandemic would end and then these people wouldn't be losing their jobs. Like it makes no sense from Kyrie's standpoint. And I watched his Instagram video on Wednesday night while I was watching the Sky game. He just rambled for 15 minutes talking about all kinds of things about how he wishes people would just get along and he doesn't want to divide. And he just thinks that, you know, there's bigger things to life. And he is just worried about those who are voiceless. And he it's not about the money, baby, and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, what are you even saying? Do you even know what you're saying? Because I don't think he does. And I, you know, if if you're James Harden or Kevin Durant, I'd be pissed off. I really would be. Think about it. Your team would be the favorite to win the title if this guy would just uh, do what everyone else is doing to try and get past the pandemic. Yeah, you know I just, I mean? yeah, I, I just want to know what he stands for, Chris. That's what it is. Like, you know, I, I've talked about it several times regarding how you just ghosted the Nets. You just leave when you want to leave. And, like, yeah. if you're going through – listen, we all have issues. We all have things that are going on. Some of us some of us have issues. Some of us have subscriptions. Point is, though, is that you've got to be able to handle your mental health. But don't just ghost the team, right? What do you stand yeah. for? Do you, if basketball is not that important to you, then then retire or step away from it and let 
KD and Harden cook. That's my whole thing. Like, you don't want to get vaccinated. That's your right. That It's fine. You don't want to get vaccinated. It's great. But there's consequences to that, right? You know you're in New York or like Wiggins is in uh, California. You know that there are standards there when it comes to COVID-19. Like, so if you want to not be with the team because you're the voice of the voiceless, then cool. But don't. But the idea that he was going to just play 41 road games and get around it, I'm glad the Nets made their stand. Finally, they made a stand and had some balls about it. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's the way you have to go about it. I, I would also um, ask Kyrie, how are they voiceless when it's all you hear about is people that don't want to wear masks and people that don't want to get vaccinated? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, and that's where, again, I would ask him, where are you getting your information for from? And, and Kyrie, on your video last night, you said you had all the respect in the world to scientists and doctors, yet you think you need your own research? Like, you have your own lab? You're cooking up uh, vaccines on your – like, I don't understand the, the human trials that you're going through on your own to try and figure out whether or not the vaccine's safe. Uh, it's – listen, it is um, – it is something that you're right. It, the Nets made the right decision. They can't go on with him as a distracted distraction for each and every game. And he can't be a part-time player. That's not going to work. And it, it certainly won't help with chemistry within the team. And getting back to the basketball side of things, and I, I feel like we, we should address the whole picture of Kyrie because this isn't the first time. Because you mentioned him leaving the team without telling them. Right. It, I you you can you can have your your space and you can have your own thoughts but you can't just go MIA and and I think that's the the important part here that you mentioned and it's also you know I don't think he knows the cause that he's fighting for that's what it sounds like to me I listen to him ramble I don't think he sounds like someone who knows what he's actually fighting for and I think he thinks that he is um you know, Bill Russell was someone who led back in the day, yeah, right? Like, yes. Bill Russell went through things. And I feel like Kyrie thinks he's he's doing what Bill Russell or Muhammad Ali or, or the legendary greats uh, who led through civil unrest and civil injustice. I, I feel like he thinks he's on that plane with those individuals who actually were fighting for something. Yeah, well, he's not. He's just fighting for attention right now. He is Kanye yeah. West in basketball shoes. That's what he is nailed right it. now. Nailed it. You know, so you, you I, bet that that's the name of this podcast. You nailed it. That's <laughs> it. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's that is fantastic. That's it. Yes, one hundred percent. I mean, after you know, after college dropout, I didn't know what Kanye stood for after the first album. Like, it's just weird. Um, so we will now turn. So again, I don't know what the what. I don't know if Kyrie's interested in playing basketball or not. I would say if he is, I would have them win the East, but I don't know. Um, but what about the champs, the Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Middleton, Holiday? Pretty much the same team. I I would have them as one of the favorites to win it as well. Yeah, I, I would I would say that the Bucks are are certainly the favorite out of the East. Um, what Giannis did in the playoffs, that was the stuff of legends, especially in the finals. His finals, we will talk about in years to come, and we will compare it to what we saw from Magic and and what we saw from LeBron and what we saw from Michael. Uh, The things that Giannis did, he he is in that category now. Shout out to Chris Middleton, who is always the guy who, is he a, a second star? Is he just a role player? Well, he showed up in the playoffs, and that's all that matters. 
Uh, and Drew Holiday, like we talked about in our Western Conference podcast, he shut down Chris Paul in the NBA Finals. And this is a – there's no doubt about that heading into the season. Yeah, there's no question. So then I go to the Heat. So I, you know what? I know that we've talked in the past about Kyle Lowry and when he's with Toronto. But what do you think of this iteration of Kyle Lowry with the Heat? Is he the guy to put him over the top or the same? I feel like the Heat are the same team, even with Lowry on it. Yeah, so the Heat uh, were the sixth seed last year, and they got swept by Milwaukee four games to none. With Kyle Lowry, I agree with you 100%. I don't think that this is that big. Like, I feel... um, you know, the, the Bulls were lightly rumored to be a team interested in Kyle Lowry, but to me, my preference, I would much rather have Lonzo Ball than Kyle Lowry. I, I think Lowry does give them st- some stability at point guard, but you're telling me that he's going to outperform what the Heat were getting from Goran Dragic? Uh, Dragic was a good player for them. I, I don't know. Lowry's 35. He's under contract for three seasons at about 30 mil a year. I'm not sold there. And and I think that this Heat team being the sixth seed, I think they're right in that category with the Knicks, the Hawks, the Bulls, and the Celtics. I don't I am not putting the Heat in that top upper echelon crust of the Eastern Conference hanging into the season. I they need to prove it to me. Yeah, um, I, you love Pat Riley. You know Spolster's a top head coach. I just, um, I think there's a ceiling to their success. So in other words, what we saw a couple of years ago at the Heat in the in the finals was that an anomaly? Yeah, I think I think the uh, the NBA bubble was weird, and I think a lot of things happened that wouldn't normally happen in an NBA uh, playoffs. And the Miami Heat were hot, and they they were fantastic. I'm not going to discredit what they did. I just think that I think we'll look back and we'll say, man, that was a strange situation. Uh, We got through the pandemic, but let's never have to do that again. And, oh, yeah, by the way, wasn't that strange that Miami with Jimmy Butler got to the NBA Finals? They're not an NBA Finals team. Come on now. (laughs) Look through the history of the league. That Miami squad, that they don't match up with anyone else. What about the Atlanta Hawks with Trey Young? Man, I thought that that was their their run was intriguing because Ryan Hollins eventually he eventually was right. He had the Hawks in the playoffs like three years ago, two years ago. He was I think he was premature. But look at that Hawks team; they got past uh, you know an up and coming Knicks team. But I like Trey Young in the playoffs. He showed some swagger, and I I like that Atlanta team. Yeah, Trey was fantastic. Uh, getting to the conference finals, I would suggest a little bit uh, past where they actually should be. You know, maybe some breaks in the NBA playoffs. You know, they get the Knicks. They beat them four games and one in the first round, and then they go to seven with Philly. And and we'll get to Philly in a second. But that whole Ben Simmons and Bead thing and That that was just weird. Atlanta gets to the conference finals, and clearly Milwaukee is the better team. Even though Atlanta won two games in the East Finals, which is which is crazy. Um, I love John Collins. I I like Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's really good. Uh, Clint Capella. What a bounce back year for Capella last year. He was a definite game changer for them. You know, uh, I think a lot of what the next step for the Hawks rides on is Kevin Herter. 
and Cam Reddish. If Herder and Reddish continue to take steps to improve, this team could have five or six stellar pieces. And you're right. I think that they could take that next step. I would go back, though, to the idea that maybe they got a little bit farther last year in the playoffs than, than they actually should have gotten. And therefore, maybe they're not a conference finalist. But I do think they're a solid playoff team, and I think they're going to be in the, in the, the mix at the top of the board in the Eastern Conference this year. So, Chris, now we go to the Philadelphia 76ers and all of this consternation on what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. The whole Simmons thing is just, it's just bizarre, man. You, the easiest thing you could do in life is quit. And so because you thought the coach was calling you out after the last game the Sixers played in the playoffs, now you just want to go run? Like, he's going to be there. I bet he's going to play on opening night. Yeah, I think so. He doesn't really have an option. And the Sixers are stuck in the moment. I mean, Daryl Morey wants to move him. No one in the league wants Ben Simmons. He is a player that is intriguing because he has basically all the skill set that you need except for the fact he can't shoot. And shooting is the most important thing in today's NBA. So, you know, I, I wonder, I, I agree with you, he's going to play for the Sixers. I find it hard to believe that they're going to get something back worthy of what they think he is in return to then make him a title team. I, their best option is getting Simmons to become a better player and keeping him and trying to win a championship that way. But I don't know if Clutch Sports and Ben Simmons have burned all those bridges with his teammates in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, I just and I feel bad for Doc Rivers too in that same scenario because look, all he wants trying to do is win, and I like that Sixers team, but I mean Ben Simmons trying to run away from his problems offensively, dude. You're underneath the basket, and, and I want to make sure it's very clear on our podcast, Chris. We know how great a defender he is. We know what he can do offensively. Get, you know, but he doesn't want to go to the foul line, doesn't want to shoot threes, and he doesn't want to expound on his game. Like I've talked to people in Philly that say, Yeah, you know, you always see the, like these workout videos in the summer, but if you're not getting better every year offensively, that's a problem. But again, he does a lot of things that are right in the NBA, except for trying to get better from three and also just being able to not shy away from clutch moments like we saw in the playoffs last year. Yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer when it comes to the Lifetime Fitness Instagram video. He is firing up three-point shots. He's doing all his dribbling moves uh, with no one defending him. Ben Simmons is a stud. It's like he and Mello were one of the two guys that always the Lifetime Fitness Instagram video showing, showing off all their moves. Yeah, we got to see it in, in, in game time. And, and Joel Embiid, if he stays healthy is one of the three or four best players in the league. So, you know, Simmons needs to be Embiid's running bait, but clearly throughout the season, the Sixers are going to try and deal with Okay, Chris, what do you look at for the rest of the Eastern Conference? We, t- we said that the Bulls would be somewhere between, at, at the best, five, but maybe at eight as far as, you know, not having to play in the play- play-in game, just good enough to be in the eight. What else do you see in the Eastern Conference that intrigues you? You know, I, w- I want to see what Boston does. Boston's off season. Uh, their new head coach. They have two stars, uh, but really, if, if they're like in a situation where is it time to kind of refigure out what they're doing? You know, Kemba Walker's going to the Knicks, so now for the uh, 
you know, Boston Celtics, there's a whole different situation here because they have to win now. Jason Tatum is entering uh, his prime. He's only 23, but he's under a big contract. Their third best player when it comes to, like, you look at the way they win basketball games is Marcus Smart, and I'm not sold that that really gets it done. And then Dennis Schroeder is their point guard this year, and they don't have Kemba Walker. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what the Boston Celtics do. Nothing like uh, Dennis betting on himself and then getting pretty much the minimum. I mean, that's amazing. That guy thought he was like an 80 to $100 million ball player, and that was not on the market for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, but he also was in the situation where he's one of these guys that thinks he's so much better than he really is. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he has a film crew that follows him everywhere for his YouTube page. And like, all of this stuff, it's like, dude, you're not that good. You weren't with the Hawks. You weren't with the Lakers. You're just not a top-level point guard in the league. At best, you're like, what, the 17th, the 16th best point guard? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's exactly what he gets. He hits the open market. He turns on the Lakers offer and, and there's really nothing out there and he signs for 5.8 million dollars for one year wow wow so h- how about the new york knicks my my radio partner david kaplan says here they come here they come chris we're going back to the old days of the knicks being relevant and i'm like yeah you got bounced out in the first round like i i do not believe i know that they made incremental steps in the right direction but i'm not surprised it's tom Thibodeau, right yeah, and, and, you know, your partner is um, influenced yeah. because Thibs is an awesome dude, right? Like, so, like, that that's where that comes from. I mean, the Knicks were awesome last year. I Let's give them credit. But, I mean, their big move was trading for Evan Fournier. Like, you got Evan <laughs> Fournier and Kemba Walker. Is yeah. that really taking you to the next level? I don't think so. I think the Bulls did a better job of adding to their team. And, and Julius Randle is, is in a situation where he's going to be up for a new contract. So, you know, Julius Randle, uh, Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, uh, Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker, and, and can R.J. Barrett uh, take the next step? Can he be a star? I don't think that he's quite there yet. And, and I think the Knicks are in a, a cool spot because they're going to be a hardworking young team, and Thibodeau is a good head coach. But do they have enough talent to kind of hang with the top of the the Eastern Conference? I don't think they do. All right, Chris. What else? What else? What else? What else? Charlotte. That's that. (laughs) The Eastern Conference. What else? What else do you have? Uh, You have Charlotte getting to the playoffs this year. What else? Um, eh, I don't. I don't think so. I I don't think that they were very good last year. I mean, there were six games under five hundred. The playing game, the whole thing. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I think Washington not as good. Obviously, they don't have Russ anymore. Yeah, they do have Rick Carlisle, who's a very good head coach. Uh, the Pacers, they're a little bit intriguing. Toronto, eh, I don't know. I no. I don't. I think the bottom of the East is pretty bad. I mean, are, are we just really going to be talking about Cade Cunningham and the uh, Pistons at all? I mean, there oh. there really isn't a whole lot of intrigue there at the bottom of the East. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, I mean, like Detroit starting. I mean, at least they got a, a pick. I'm not over the top about Cunningham, but they're working towards something. I get that. But like you mentioned, like Toronto, I don't think much about anymore. Um, I'm trying to think, I, I don't see much in the bottom of the East either that's worth it. There's a lot of teams that are going to be cellar dwellers and really struggling. Yeah, and and I think like the Cavs have a lot of talent. 
Um, but I just don't I don't see like last year at times they they were pretty decent. Yeah. But then you know they can't play defense, and then you like see like um, Mowgli was drafted. Uh, Evan Mowgli was drafted as their first pick, and I think he's going to be a really good player out of USC. And he's like a center, but he has skills to handle the ball like a forward. So, like, I think they have some pieces. I don't trust Lowry Marketing at all. I don't think that's going to work for them. Um, and their backcourt, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, like, you got you got to be good now. Like, we've been waiting for them to develop now for two or three years. Right. You got to actually produce. Yeah, I, there's no question. So, I, as I look at the East, I don't – I mean, I'm looking at these teams, Chris. I don't see a lot left here. I mean, that's – Well, right, and, and that's why, like, when we know. say the Bulls should be in the playoffs – you could say that there's better teams in the Bulls, but I don't think there's many teams that you could say that are are from the bottom of the conference who are better than the Bulls. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can say that the top teams, Nets, Bucks, uh, 76ers, you can say that some of those teams are better than the Bulls, but you can't argue that uh, Toronto, Cleveland, Orlando, Detroit, Indiana, Charlotte, Washington, the Bulls are better than those teams. Yes. Including Indiana, as you mentioned, I I agree with yeah. you on Indiana. That's I'm not even sure what that is, Carlisle. What are you doing there? I mean, I, yeah. So I mean, like I think if you're looking for a path for the Bulls to get to the playoffs, you know, if you take care of the teams in the in the conference that are on even or less playing field than you are, then you're going to be a playoff team just based on the competition in the conference. And now, if they come together and they are that exciting team in the East. Now we're talking like fifth seed. Maybe maybe we're competing with New York and Atlanta for the fifth and sixth seed. And like that's a different conversation than scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to beat out Toronto and Orlando for like that last play-in spot, you know? You can follow Chris Bleck on Twitter at Chris Bleck. And don't forget to catch Bleck and Abdallah evenings between 6 and 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. My friend, it's always great to catch up with you. I love when we do this. This is the most downloaded podcast that we have of the year until we get to the end of the year. Uh, but the the previews will last uh, for a long time. People will hear our thoughts as as you heard it here first. Chris Bleck, he likes um, Sacramento and Toronto and the NBA Finals. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I said scraping the bottom of the barrel when referencing Orlando. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I always enjoy doing this and uh, talking basketball with you. Maybe, maybe at some point this season, I could I could get a guest spot on on Cap and J Hood morning seven to ten. I would love I would love a, a guest spot at some. Point. Uh, line one's open for you always. For Chris Black, this is Jonathan Hood. Screening calls. <laughs> the proceedings been a presentation of Eastern Conference basketball talk right here on the Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. So long, everybody. <clears throat> nice job, Black. Nice job. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was just sitting here waiting. So, all right. So long, everybody. All right, see you later. So long, everybody. So long, oh, people. What else? What else? <laughs>